It was a walk-off win on Monday for the Halos, and they did this on the back of Reed Detmers pitching a beautiful game. So what's Reed done in his last four starts? We're going to share the stats with you. It's time to get Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now on SiriusXM by searching Locked On Angels. And the best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed and click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. Thanks for being here for this episode of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every day. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. My name is Mike. And that's my brother, John. Hey, Mike. We're lifelong fans of this team who are here every single weekday, Monday through Friday, talking Angels baseball. The only place you can go to get daily Angels baseball coverage. Where are you going to go? ESPN? MLB <laughs> Network? Nope. Bo Porter doesn't know what he's talking about. Nope. You got to come to Lockdown Angels to get your Angels <laughs> fixed. And, and man, uh, it's a good day to get your Angels fixed because we're going to talk about that walk-off win here in just a minute. And on today's show, we're going to get to know... Uh, Eduardo Escobar and Mike Moustakis, and talk about how Moniac and Matt Theis can find their way into the lineup a little bit more often. We'll tell you why, but first, Mike, let's get to that game from last night, a walk-off win. Johnny, what an anniversary gift for you and your wife on Monday. Happy three years, by the Thank way. Thank you. Uh, Johnny, two to one. What a great, great game. And that ninth inning was really where everything kind of came together for the Halos. So mm-hmm. let me just run down what happened. Mike Trout walks, Shohei Otani walks, and then they do a double steal, which I love. Now, the ball got away from Grandal the first time, and Wayne Randazzo kept saying, like, he has a ton of pass balls, and he has a really tough time being the catcher behind the dish. And so the ball gets away. Trout slides into third. Not sure if he could have scored on that play or not, but it didn't matter. So he's at third. Trout uh, tried at third, and then Otani at second. Drury strikes out, swinging at junk, but we weren't too frustrated with that because then comes the Moose, and he has a chance to win this game by just joining this team, which is awesome. But then the ball gets away again, Johnny, and and Trout comes to score and ends up getting the victory for the Halos 2-1. to one. And it's the second wild pitch walk-off or pass ball yeah. walk-off, whatever you want to call it. It's the second one this year. And the Angels are the first team to do that since 1920. So they are breaking records this weekend, and they're breaking records on <laughs> Monday night. And what a great victory it was. Johnny, Shohei Otani hits a massive home run in this yeah, game. Yeah, he did. His 26th home run, 446 feet. Trade Otani? That's outrageous that's isn't funny. it it's ridiculous <laughs> but that's even a narrative out there right now why would you trade your best player on a team that's competing for a wild card Mike, spot they got to trade him to the mets because the mets are eight games back <laughs> or eight games under 500 or something they're still in it they're, and they're, they're the ones great competing. manager Buck showalter that we should fire phil nevin and hire right that's yeah. been a conversation out there as well johnny yeah. Shohei hit his 11th home run in the last 19 games, that's like Ken Griffey Jr.-esque, right? Like, just looks fantastic, Johnny. And what a great game it was last night for Reed Detmers. Why don't you talk about how he has really risen to the occasion? Yeah, a bit of a pitcher's duel between him and future Halo Dylan Cease. What? What? Huh? Did I say that? <laughs> uh, I heard Yeah, it. Detmers, seven <laughs> innings pitched, Mike, two hits, one run on the home run, 10 Ks. Another big moment for Detmers in this one came at the top of the fifth. Two on, nobody out, and he strikes out the side, throwing his fastball 96 miles an hour, throwing his uh, slowest pitch, that big curve, 74 miles an hour, Mike. Yeah. And then in his last four starts, get this, 
He's pitched 25 and two-thirds innings. He's got a 1.05 ERA, oh boy. 34 strikeouts, only eight walks, 12 hits, brought his season ERA down to three, 3.77. League average is 4.27. Listen to this. His 29.1% strikeout rate only trails seven other starters with a minimum of 70 innings pitched, including Shohei Otani, mm-hmm. Spencer Strider, and Kevin Gossman. That's Those good company. Good, that's good company, right? <laughs> yeah, good names to uh, to be part of. And then there was this great stat that came out. Angel starters have a 3.12 ERA since June 7th, the fifth best in the majors. Consequently, I think the fourth best has been the White Sox since that wow. time. Okay. So, yeah, obviously we'll a pitcher's it. duel. <laughs> Uh, between him and Cease, and fortunately, the Angels were able to come away with this one. It was a bit of a struggle, Mike. That offense is still kind of asleep at the wheel, other than yeah. that big Otani home run. And as you mentioned, with you know Trout on uh, Trout and uh, Otani doing that double steal, and Trout sliding into third, there was part of me that was like, "Oh man, I wish he would have ran home on that one," but he didn't see that the ball yeah. got away. Right. And then Drury struck out, and I went, "Oh great." Uh-huh. Here we go. They're going <laughs> to strand Trout on third and Otani on second. Uh, fortunately, the Angels didn't have to do much. They just had to sit and watch the ball pass Grandal back yeah. there. Uh, so that was great and uh, helped us get our way to a victory, a much needed victory, by the Absolutely. way, because the Angels are half a game out of a wild card spot, uh, 43 and 37. They gain a game on the Texas Rangers because they lost to the Tigers. Yep. Hey, good teams lose to bad teams. That, that never happens. Is, that never happens. It's only the Angels that lose to the bad teams, right, Johnny? Yeah, yeah, I, exactly. I, I actually, I'm, I'm looking forward to this lineup with Moose and with Escobar in mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. I think having Escobar in there and having Renjifo come off the bench, I think he's a great bench player. I just think having him start as often as he is is just not... It's just not good for our lineup. I'd love to see these guys in there regularly. And so when Escobar comes back, I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. I also love Mike Trout batting second. And I think if you're struggling offensively, I think you got to move the runners around a little bit. And I love that they did the double steal. And I think they need need to do that more often. And Mm -hmm. they need to put those runners in motion. I I really was frustrated with the Taylor Ward at bat with runners at first and second and nobody out. And, I mean, my, I immediately yelled out, bunt, like, you know, or, or, yeah. or try to make contact and move the runners over. But I know he's hitting sixth in the lineup and you kind of want somebody there that can make contact and and knock the runners in. But because this offense has been struggling, I think that you have to move those runners over. You have to do something mm-hmm. to get the wheels in motion and to show the other team that they can't just sit back on their heels, right? Because a lot of good things happen when the ball's put in play and they might make a mistake or you might beat the runner out or you might beat, you know, come to victory, whatever might be the case. And so I think the angels need to maybe be a little bit more active on the bases in the next few games. If their offense is going to sputter like this, and they seem to struggle against pitchers like Cease and Giolito and some of those guys. And so I think that's probably the best thing that they can do to help support these pitchers who are knocking it out of the park right now. It goes back to why we made the additions that we did, because you have moments like that where, you know, Renfro grounds into two double plays on Sunday Taylor Ward swings at a fastball above the zone, which to to his credit in the past, he's been a very patient hitter at the plate and not swung at junk. And just that's been his MO this season is he has not been the same guy as he was last year. And he's not 
doing very well on pitch selection, and that was an example of it. And you're right, like put down the bunt, makes get some action going on the bases, right? Uh, in that situation, so yeah, just just a, a lineup shakeup. Consistency is important. We need Rendon back. Uh, he took some uh, ground balls yesterday, so that's a good sign. But funny, Mike, I thought he was supposed to be back last Tuesday. That was uh, the word we got from Phil Nevin, but then mm-hmm. that changed. And yeah, I, I don't. I, I guess I didn't really have a reason to get upset about the news, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's. I just wonder if there. they're if they're just giving him a whole lot of extra time because they'd rather have him really be healthy in the hot summer months of August yeah. and September, which sure I guess, but we just don't, we just don't know. Right. We just don't know. We don't and, know anything. And apparently yeah. it's not of our, none of our business. Either. <laughs> uh, now the here's some the notes. Are handling it. <laughs> here's some, uh, here's some notes from before this game. We got the report that Eduardo Escobar went on the restricted list. It's okay. He's just taking his citizenship test Yep, and that's taking place in Florida. So he was able to study with the Mets and study a little bit with the angels and he'll take that test Come back to our Halo That's soon. Flashcard studying, I heard. Yeah, in that's cool. Could be back. Could be back today. Could be back Wednesday. And then Joe Adele got called up to replace him. And if you're worried about options and whatnot, he's got plenty of options, so it's okay. Uh, Joe Adele, it might be a quick visit. Let's get him into the lineup tomorrow and have him swing at the first pitch and hit a home run again. How about that? Huh? <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Not tomorrow, tonight, because the Angels are playing the White Sox tonight at 6:38 Pacific time. Michael Kopech. Versus Shohei Otani, good pitching matchup once again. Let's get some run support for Otani out Why you got to move the runners around, right? You got to bun them over, steal some bags. Let's do that. (laughs) You can catch every pitch of the Angels Hometown broadcast on SiriusXM with the SXM app. Just search Angels and coming up on Locked On Angels. Moniak and Thice can get more opportunities this week, and we're going to tell you exactly why that is coming right up. Locked on Angels is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With the eBay Guarantee Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to the My Garage and look for the green check mark, and you'll know the part will fit or your money back. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. Get the right parts, the right fit, at the right prices at eBay ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply and the ebay guarantee fit is only available to u.s customers thanks for making lockdown angels your first listen of the day hey lockdown everydayers want to make sure you join us every day this week as we recap these games against the white Sox. there's three more left tuesday wednesday thursday then the diamondbacks come into town and they're in first place in the National League West. That's going to be a tough series. Mike, they can beat tough teams, as we've seen with that Rangers series. That was a really crucial one. The Angels are back at it tonight at 6.38 Pacific time against the White Sox. Again, Kopech versus Otani. Catch every single pitch of the Angels' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. Johnny, the Angels, for the next 21 games, are going to stay in Southern California. They're going to have a home stand, and they're going to play the Dodgers in Dodger Stadium. They're going to play the Padres. And so they're not going to have to get on a a plane for a while, which is fantastic. I think the next time that they're on a plane outside of the All-Star break was July 25th, Mm -hmm. and I think they're going to Detroit. So that actually will be beneficial to their health and their consistency, and then getting that win last night I think was beneficial to them. Here's what I found really interesting, John. 
the Angels look like they're going to be facing right-handed pitchers in all of the seven games on this homestand, yeah. which is actually a benefit to guys like Matt Theis and Mickey Moniak. So mm-hmm. here's some stats overall. Angels against left-handed pitchers. Their slash line is 265. 336 on base, 435 slugging, and a 771 OPS. Against right-handed pitchers, 258, 333, 447, and 780. And again, I think having these right-handed pitchers, like last night, in that starting rotation for the opposing teams is going to be a great benefit to Mickey Moniak and Matt Theis. One of the reasons why I think Mickey Moniak needs to be in there more often is because he's just putting up some really strong numbers, especially with runners in scoring position. Johnny, why don't you share those numbers with us? Yeah, Moniak with runners in scoring position. He's had 18 at-bats, so 18 opportunities there. Seven hits, four doubles, 10 RBIs. Listen to this slash line. 389 average, 450 on base, a 611 slugging. That's good for a grand total of... 1,061 OPS. Hey, this one came from our good buddy, Brett McGuire, former Locked On Angels host, friend of the pod, and Hall of Famer. Mickey Moniak leads all of Major League Baseball hitters with a 1.694 OPS on pitches in the heart of the zone, minimum 30 plate appearances. Uh, Moniak's quality of contact has been, in Brent's words, legit. Uh, 561 (laughs) (laughs) expected slugging. And a 17.7% barrel rate, and he's crushing hittable pitches. Man, I'm loving me some Mickey Moniak, man, because he has quickly become Anaheim's favorite Mickey. And every time he's up to the plate, you just feel like something good right. is going to happen. Yeah, I didn't feel that way about Matt Theis when this season started. However, nope. he's I've come around on him, Mike, because he's shown us something. Him and, him and Chad Wallach have proved to be an effective duo as a catching unit. And so Matt Theis will get into these games, hopefully against righties. Maybe not catching Otani. Uh, That is usually something that happens, and it's Otani and Wallach. However, with the number of right-handed pitchers that they're facing, he could get into this lineup. How about his line, Mike, with runners in scoring position? Why don't you share that with us? Yeah, he's been uh, fantastic. Uh, 33 at-bats, 12 hits, one homer, 17 RBIs. This slash line's really impressive. Obviously, this is before last night. 364, 463, 545, and 1.008 OPS. Thice has a 72% contact rate on pitches in the zone, so he is Mm -hmm. making really good contact. Johnny, when it comes to these guys against right-handed pitchers, they actually are are really strong. The The question always is, what about the splits against lefties? And mm-hmm. one of the reasons why they haven't been in there is because there's a concern that they can't handle themselves against lefties. So let me share those stats with you, and then I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Moniak only has three at-bats against left-handed pitchers, no hits and one walk. I'm sorry, eight at-bats against left-handed pitchers, no hits and one walk. Thais, 15 at-bats, four hits, two RBIs, and one walk. Mm-hmm. Johnny, with the uh, up and to the right movement for Moniak and Thais, do you think that it would be wise to continue to do the splitting time and having Renfro out there and then having Ward out there and then Moniak against right-handers and same thing with Thais and Wallach? Or do you think for Moniak specifically that he's earned the right to face both a right-handed pitcher and a left-handed pitcher? It makes me nervous with Moniak um, facing lefties at this point because you got to look at history. And I know he's having a great season, but you got to look historically. He's just not been great against left-handed pitchers. 
I do like the strategy that they have been rolling with, Mike, and that's you bring in Matt Theis to face the righty when the pitching change happens. Or you do the same thing with Mickey Moniak, and that gives you an opportunity to put him in Taylor Ward's spot in the order when there's a righty that comes in after the lefty starter. I think that that has been an effective strategy. I, I don't see any problem with it. My only thing is, is I would like to see Moniak in there more. And and again, history shows that with lefties, he does struggle. But this is why you add the pieces that you've added. I mean, you've you added Hunter Renfro to play the outfield. Mickey Moniak has come up and impressed, and he's been a huge bonus. And now he's somebody that we're like, give him every day starts. And then you think about the other kinds of uh, hitters off the bench, like Eduardo Escobar, switch hitter, also is an option. So it, it, I think this discussion that we're having right now is kind of a good problem to have, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, man, I'm just a huge fan of Mickey Moniak, and it feels still like a small sample size, although he's putting up some really good numbers. I, I guess, I guess I like the fact that we have options. Um, I'm just wondering what sort of future Moniac has if he doesn't get the opportunity to face left-handed batters. I remember when GA first came up, mm-hmm. they wouldn't really give him that many at-bats against mm-hmm. left-handed pitchers. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have all the metrics and stats and all of that stuff that we have today, but they were really kind of cautious with him. And they were cautious with Darren Erstad. But those guys began to prove that they could actually hit against both right-handed and left-handed pitchers. And I think that Moniak should be given the opportunity to do that. I mean, only eight at-bats, and he doesn't have any hits and he has a walk. That probably is because he faced not a starter, but maybe a reliever, because sure. if he's in the game and they bring in a left handed reliever probably not going to pinch hit for him although phil niven has shown to be able to do the righty lefty matchups mm-hmm. and so i i'd love to see him maybe be a bit more consistent in there and and get opportunities i know i don't want to harm this team but i'd love to see him get some more opportunities when it comes to matt thice i, I think that the righty lefty matchup with thice and with wallach is the wisest way to go because it mm-hmm. is the catching position and that doesn't seem too unusual but with moniac he just seems like a dynamic star he seems like an energy like stirrer and mm-hmm. and I, I love having him in there even when he came up last night and I knew he flew out deep to center field, but there was a, there was an anticipation even from the broadcast side on yeah. the video side. Like they were like, Moniac's really good in these moments. And then he cracks this high fly ball and just missed it. And you can tell yeah. he just missed it. He just has this ability similar to what Mike Trout had when he first came up. You're like, okay, something's going to happen when this guy mm-hmm. gets up there and you saw it in his stats. Like this guy is able to hit. And he's, he's swinging at a lot of pitches, but he's swinging at really good pitches and he's getting good contact. He's barreling the ball. And that's exactly what you want. I'd love to see what he could do against left-handed pitchers. You make a really good point with GA and Erstad and everybody. These guys will come around. Those guys came around, I should say. And, yes. and Mickey Moniak, I yes. think we'll get there one day to where you can feel good putting him in there against the lefty. I just think right now, the Angels have to put themselves in the position to win every single game. So pump the brakes, Mike. Pump the brakes is what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think Moniak, what I'm saying is Moniak will get there. I sure. have no doubt about that because you said he's a dynamic player, all of that. I think at this point, let's stick with the matchups just in terms of don't fix what's not broken and and put the best matchups forward so that you can win every single game. <laughs> we
The Angels made two trades this last weekend to help their depth because they didn't have Rendon and and with Urshela out for probably the, the season. They needed some help. We've talked about the help that they got, Mike Moustakis and Eduardo Escobar. Let's get to know them just a bit because they are brand new. We almost got to really fall in love with Moustakis last night because he was at the plate, Johnny, and could have knocked in the game-winning run, but then oh, we'll take the pass ball or the wild pitch, right? That that's That's good. Let me just say that uh, I, I did appreciate the Angel fans after Mike Moustakis got that single and everybody went, Moose, right? Yes. And, and yes. I mean, they, they picked up on it right away, but I got to be honest, I still have PTSD from 2014, <laughs> man. It's just, I, uh, it's hard. I, it's yeah. like somebody who broke your heart is now playing for your favorite team. And, right. and I know he wasn't the only part of that, but good grief, man. It, it, I, I think that... uh you know, it's been a long time coming. It's, it is cool to see him on this team. And, and I heard that and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But there's just a part of me that was like, <laughs> listen, uh, Mike Moustakis with runners in scoring position. He's had 29 ABs this season, five hits. Here's the line, just so that we're all aware. A 172 average, 270 on base, 241 slugging, and only a 511 OPS. He's actually Johnny, those- better. Those stats actually, sorry, I interrupted you, but those stats are actually, I wonder if one of the reasons why he didn't pinch hit for when he this weekend, right? Because those stats aren't fantastic. Um, we don't know the interworkings there, but I, I, when I saw those stats, I was like, oh, that maybe makes sense why they didn't have him in there. Sure. Again, he's a new toy. I'd like to use him, but those stats aren't uh, going to jump off the page, right? Yeah, yeah. Not exactly the first guy you're calling up in that situation, but he still should have been called up in that situation. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to stand by that. Yes, uh, yeah. Now, he's actually better with without runners on and early in the game. Um, if you go on like baseball reference, you can see how particular hitters hit in the first three innings, the middle innings, and the last three. It's kind of fun. And now in situations with no outs and no runners on, Mike, he's hitting 341, 451, a 561 slugging, and a 1,012 OPS. In the second inning alone, listen to this. A 294 average, a 455 on base, 529 slugging, and a 984 OPS. So that kind of gives you a picture of the kind of hitter that Mike Moustakis is and when to probably schedule him in the lineup. Like you want to make sure he gets an at bat in the second. So maybe he's fifth, maybe he's fourth sometimes. I know we're kind of playing with that just because we don't have Rendon right now. But again, without any runners on, he's the guy you want coming to the plate. On the flip side, you and I have discussed this before, you don't want Anthony Rendon coming to the plate without any runners on. You want right. runners on in that situation because he's terrible right. when there's nobody on base, <laughs> or at least he was the last time we looked at that stat. Yeah. Uh, talk about another guy who got on base plenty of times this past weekend against Colorado. That's Eduardo Escobar. Yeah, he had four hits this weekend, and he is mm-hmm. a switch hitter, which I love. Now, he's better against left-handed pitchers, 290, 343, 516, and an 859 OPS. Against right-handers, which he probably is going to bat left-handed more often, 214, 262, 339, and a 601 OPS. Johnny, he's actually better with runners on base. Listen to this. With, with a runner at first, he's got a, an average of 414. He's got an on-base percentage of 433. Uh, listen to his slugging percentage, 724 Ooh. and a 1.15 OPS. With a runner at second, the numbers are pretty similar, 375, 
444, 750, and an 1194 OPS. And then runners in scoring position. This is interesting. Runners in scoring position overall, 219, 297, 344, and 641. And so he is somebody who gets better as the game goes on. I love these stats, ninth inning stats. 571 with a 1.7585 OPS. It's 14 at bats in the ninth inning. And where he's been the most successful in the lineup is actually eighth in the lineup. That's where he's actually been really effective. And he's good when he gets behind the count, similar to Mike Trout, 250 uh, batting average, 250 on base, 409 slugging, and a 659 OPS. So, Johnny, we mentioned where they probably are good in this lineup, but if you're going to if you're going to build the lineup with Moose and with Escobar in, what position are you having them play and where are you going to slot them in in this starting lineup? Well, I think Moose automatically takes that left-handed first baseman role that Jared Walsh was running with for the last month or so, but obviously Walsh needed some things to work on. He's coming out of those neurological things, a thoracic outlet syndrome. He needed to work on stuff. That was very clear. So I think that that's important. Mike, I would use Escobar as kind of the Gio Urshela type. He's going to fill in at third. I love that he can play shortstop and second base rather than playing first base like Gio was. I think that you could put Drury at first and put Escobar at second if you would like to. I think that's a great option. Now, there was a great question. Uh, Dr. Dr. Scott Freeman, one of our favorite listeners. Love that guy. He, he uh, commented on YouTube. And I felt it was important to to address it. He said, I'm not sure how to feel about these guys when mm. you've got Fletcher and Stefanik and and those guys um, who are up with the, with the club. And and I had to think about it. And, and here's what I think makes the most sense to me. It's not that Fletcher and Stefanik are bad guys, but it's that Perry Manassian has gone out of his way this season and in the offseason to get proven major league talent, guys who have been there before. Now, obviously, David Fletcher has been there before, but he's also kind of a question mark. He had the great Saturday. Kind of looks like the regular Fletch these last two days. Yeah. Um, Stefanik, still in the system, still a great bat, still somebody we can call upon. I do like the idea that Perry Manassian is getting guys who have been there before and also not being terrible this season. I think, especially if you look over the last month of Moustakis and Eduardo Escobar, you can see that they're trending in the right direction. Obviously history is a bigger tell in that regard. Mike, here's what's happening. You're starting Moustakis and Escobar over guys like Luis Renjifo Mm -hmm. and Andrew Velasquez. Yes. And I think that's a very good thing. I think, we saw the result of that last season when you had to start Velasquez and you had to start Renjifo and Fletcher towards the end of the season. You know what that looks like. And yes, it's probably fine to have one of those three guys in the lineup on any given day. But sometimes when all three are in there, you don't feel too confident in the bottom of the order. Right. And so I think Perry Manassian went out. He got some veteran dudes that are good for the ball club, good for the locker room. I think Eduardo is going to be a great teammate. Um, Victor Rojas on the Angels Win podcast was talking about Mike Moustakis and how he can be kind of that bulldog in the locker room to kind of pump guys up and maybe give somebody a talking to if you need to. But again, these are veteran presences who have been there before. 
And it's not like Renjifo, Stefanik, Fletcher won't be there. I just think that you have better options if Escobar and Moustakas are the guys you can count on yes. these days. And not to mention that, you know, Zach Neto's got that oblique issue. So that's going to take a while to heal. Um, hopefully Rendon comes back soon. So then your depth becomes Rendon and Neto. Then underneath that, you've got Escobar, Moustakas, whoever. Underneath that, you've got Fletcher, Renhifo. Like, that's a good position to be in. I, I really like that, and I think I, I equate the, this trade to what the Mariners did last season with Carlos Santana. They went mm, and got mm-hmm. him, and over the next 21 games after getting him, they went uh, 28 games, they and he went wasn't, 21 and 7. He wasn't a world beater. Like right, It's not right. like, oh, Carlos Santana, we're going to the World Series, yeah. right? But He was a major league-ready ball player, and he yes. actually had a great impact on that Mariners team. And this Angel team reminds me of the last two seasons of the Mariners team, like <laughs> that team that's battling for 90 wins, right? And it's going to kind of sneak into the playoffs. And I think that these totally. two moves actually do just what Carlos Santana did for the Mariners last season. Exactly. And again, I think it's good to have these, these veteran presences, especially as we wait for some of our key pieces to get back. Well, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Remember, the Angels play the White Sox at 6.38 Pacific time, and Shohei Otani is on the mound, so don't miss that game. Angels got to steal some bags and move some runners over, score some runs for that guy. You can uh, catch every pitch of the Angels' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. Give us a follow at Lockdown Angels on Twitter and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure you hit that subscribe button, click the like button, comment below. It really helps us out. Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? We will be here to recap the game tonight. Shohei Otani against the Chicago White Sox. We're going to talk about all of the details. And you can catch our quick recap with our now on our social media platforms. And you can catch the full recap on our show tomorrow on Locked on Angels. Looking forward to that. Let's go out there and get a win. Until tomorrow's show, my name is John. And that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike. And that's my brother, John. Thanks for being here with us. We'll see you back here tomorrow.